Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What? more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? For a lot of people, life, your past, and sometimes your current situation can cause roadblocks in your life. Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which means no driving to an office, no waiting rooms, and no awkward small talk. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief, and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match, which means if you and your counselor don't mesh for whatever reason, they make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, 
And with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at BetterHelp.com slash Morning Cup. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Armored, 15 miles away, when police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Some mysteries haunt investigators until the day they die. They tug at their heartstrings and the idea of providing closure can drive a person to investigate a crime for decades. On February 25th, 1957, the body of a young boy was found and was set off an investigation that has lasted for over 60 years. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On February 25th, 1957, the body of a young boy, aged only four to five years old, was found naked, beaten, and abandoned in a bassinet box in the Fox Chase section of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now, there are two versions of the story involving how the body was found. The first was that a young man who was checking his muskrat traps happened upon the box and, fearful they would confiscate his traps, did not report the crime. That it wasn't until the box was found a second time a few days later by a college student running after a rabbit knowing there were traps in the area that the crime was called in. Another version of the story, still involving a college student, was that the young boy stopped in the area on the 23rd and began his hike across a vacant lot in route to peek into the windows of unknowing females at a Catholic residence for wayward girls. That he stumbled upon the box and ran back to his car. A few days later, he confessed to his priest, who told him to call the police. He, of course, concealed the real reason he was in the area with a lie about chasing a rabbit into the underbrush. Regardless of the exact way his body was found, he was wrapped in a plaid blanket lying inside of the box that a bassinet from a J.C. Penny was sold in, with hair crudely chopped and pieces that had been cut still clinging to his body. He showed signs of malnourishment and had surgical scars on his ankle, groin, and an L-shaped one under his chin. The investigation into not only how he died but who he was began the next day. But despite having viable fingerprints, the boy's identity remains a mystery to this day, resulting in being dubbed America's unknown child. The case attracted a massive amount of attention in the area, and the Philadelphia Inquirer printed 400,000 flyers depicting his image in hopes that someone who knew him or knew his parents would come forward with some bits of information. Nothing. The scene was combed over time and time again by hundreds of officers who came up with a man's blue corduroy cap, a child's scarf, and a white handkerchief with the letter G embroidered into the corner. All clues that ultimately led nowhere. Despite that mass amount of attention, a pretty detailed description of the boy and a facial reconstruction done with modern technology in 2016, his body remained unidentified. But like all unsolved cases, that doesn't mean the case lacks in theories. The first, and one that many find to be the most believable, is that there was a foster home located about 1.5 miles from where the boy in the box's body was found. Now, this theory came from an employee of the medical examiner's office named Remington Bristow, who pursued the case until his death in 1993. And at some point in his search, 
supposedly contacted a psychic who told him to look for a house that matched the description of the foster home. Another story claims that the psychic led Remington straight to the home upon visiting Philadelphia. That when they arrived, there was an estate sale where Remington found a bassinet being sold that looked exactly like the one whose box the boy's body resided in. Also on the clothesline were blankets matching the one found with his body. The theory states that the young boy belonged to the stepdaughter of the man who ran the foster home, a woman who some sources have claimed was mentally challenged, and that they disposed of his body so she would not be exposed as an unwed mother. He also claims that the death may have been an accident. While this seems like a viable theory, it is based widely on circumstantial evidence, and police were never able to definitively connect the boy to the foster home. In 1998, the man who ran the home, Arthur Nicoletti, and his stepdaughter, Anna Marie, who by this time had married one another, were questioned about the boy, but gave no evidence indicating that they were involved in his disposal, let alone his death. Another theory developed in February of 2002, when a woman identified only as Martha came forward saying that her abusive mother purchased the boy, whom she called Jonathan, from his birth parents in 1954 and both physically and sexually abused him for two and a half years. That one evening, the malnourished boy threw up his meal of baked beans, resulting in her mother slamming his head onto the floor until he was semi-conscious and placed him in a bath where he took his last breath. That she had cut his distinctive long hair in hopes that he would never be identified and forced Martha to help her dump his body in Fox Chase. Martha even went on to say that a male motorist happened upon them that evening and that her mother commanded her to stand in front of the license plate so that he could not see it while she convinced the helpful man that they would be fine and didn't need his help. Now, one of the main reasons police took her story seriously, despite her history of mental illness, was that she corroborated a piece of evidence that they had kept from the public. That in the boy's stomach was a meal containing baked beans and that his fingers were still wrinkled from water when he was found. Not just that, but a man did come forward and gave a confidential testimony in 1957 that further matched her account. Unfortunately, despite all of the details that did match, police were unable to verify her story, and those who knew her family dismissed Martha's claims, stating that there was no boy living in the house. Other theories posed over the years included one made by famed forensic artist Frank Bender, who theorized that the boy had been raised as a girl, hence the unprofessional haircut performed in haste and stylized eyebrows. Another came in 2016 when two writers, Jim Hoffman and Louise Romano, said that they discovered a potential identity from Memphis, Tennessee, that they met a man from Philadelphia who originally presented them with a potential identity. He claimed that his older half-brother had gone missing around the time his family left town in the middle of the night, leaving behind furniture, food, and other necessities, and fled to Memphis. Together, the three men gathered his familial DNA in 2014 and sent it to the local police, who said they would investigate the lead before comparing the DNA. Years passed, and when the DNA was finally compared, investigators claimed that there was no connection, which evolved the theory slightly to include the idea that the boy was adopted into the family and that his biological parents had no idea what happened to their son. One of the last theories in regards to the boy in the box indicates that he may have been born into a family of poor transients, possibly carnival workers who let very little paper trail, and that one day a parent snapped and beat the boy to death. 
In the end, though, all of these theories are simply that, theories. None have truly panned out in a way that brings the case any closure. The boy in the box was buried in a potter's field in 1998. Until it was exhumed in 2018, so genetic genealogist Barbara Ray Benter, who helped to identify the Golden State Killer, could extract samples in hopes that familial DNA could solve the seemingly unsolvable case. He was reburied in a cemetery in Cedarbrook, which donated a plot while the son of the man who originally buried the boy in 1957 donated the coffin, headstone, and funeral service in hopes of putting the unnamed boy to rest for the final time. His headstone, which reads, America's unknown child, is kept decorated with flowers and stuffed animals by the community who has worked to solve this case for over 60 years. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on February 26th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.